0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Wrestling Place Wesley Chapel. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at our gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. Well, I guess before starting, I just have to say, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. And you're such an inspiration. Um, You were just literally like giving me flashbacks of my own life. (laughs) <laughs> i don't know <laughs> only me <laughs> god knows how do make me laugh <laughs> but uh yeah just just listening to your story it's like wow i know i know exactly what he's talking about i know exactly what he's doing um and even as you were speaking i could just hear the song I can see clearly now the rain is gone. As you were speaking, that, that song was playing in my mind. Um, I love God. I honestly love God with all that I have because all that I have, God gave to me. I wasn't just like my brother. I was lost. I was in so much sin and so much darkness and so much hopelessness. Interestingly enough, uh, Jessica Gonzalez was the person that spoke into my life as well. Um, she believed when nobody else could believe. When I couldn't believe, she called me one day and gave me a word of the Lord. And a day later, I ended up having a Jesus encounter. You know, the Jesus encounter everybody prays for. And you, you hear these wild testimonies and you never think it's going to happen to you. And then you're in the worst pit of your life. And all of a sudden, you encounter Jesus. So God gave me a word for you guys today. Um, but before giving the word, I, I really, really, I sent past. Did, did you get the pictures? Okay, yeah, there's some drawings that either because I, I, I need you to understand that when I preach, I'm not preaching necessarily from a theological perspective, or I did that before. I did go to Bible college, I, I was born and raised in the church, and then I got really broken, and I got really hurt and I ran away from the church. I none of that was going to convince me, because I lived it. I was there. I needed a burning bush experience. I needed a road to Damascus experience. I needed to have a face-to-face encounter with God. And it was really the only thing I ever longed for. And on January 7, 2011, I ended up having this encounter with God. I was not in church. I was in sin. I was far from God. Two and a half years that I wasn't even going to church. And then suddenly, God decided to show up. And so when I preach, I want you to understand that I'm not preaching from an earthly perspective, So part of me, if I take off running in the spirit and my mouth goes off, I always tell people sometimes in the spirit my mouth grows feet and runs away. And, like, I feel like I just start talking the goodness of God. Um, But I want to make it relatable to your situation on earth and to whatever it is that God is trying to tell you. But I do want you to understand where I'm speaking from. I don't consider myself a prophet. I don't consider myself more anointed than anybody else in the room. I consider myself God's little one. And we all are. And if you just pop up some of the pictures, even when we're singing worship, you could just do the drawing ones. No, we could do those at the end. This. This is my relationship with God. Uh, Those are my drawings. Interestingly enough, um, this popped up on my Facebook reminder today. And God was like, show them. You know, we've been talking about, in in our TRP family, we've been speaking a lot about, uh, um, we spoke about uh, two weeks ago about, Bold, authentic boldness, right? Or bold authenticity. It's hard for me to pronounce that word as a Puerto Rican. But but this is my relationship with God. It sounds like an imagination. It sounds like a crazy dream. But this was my encounter with God. I look like this here. But when Jesus came for me, his hand came into my room and snatched me away. And then I was just a little person in the hand of God. I didn't understand it at first, but then I started reading scriptures and it says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow. And they don't they don't listen to the voice of a stranger. He's not talking to you like this distant God. He's talking to you like this. And he says, my sheep are in the palm of my hand and no one will snatch them away. You no, know, nothing will ever separate you from my love. Not height and not depth, not angels, not demons, Nothing in all of creation will separate you from my love. This is how I encounter God. And he has transformed my life. I love Jesus. Because I didn't know love. I didn't have hope. I had suicide, death. I should have been dead in 1998. Just thought I had HIV. I was sleeping around, drinking, driving, doing anything and everything I could do to find peace and found love. find love. And then love found me. You could go to the other picture. So I just want to give you a visual real quick. When he took me to heaven, I was sitting at his feet. And this is what it was. And the day that I die, this is the only thing I long for. I don't long for a mansion. I don't long for crowns. I don't long for anything. I long to sit at his feet one day again because when I was at his feet like that, it was perfection. It was life. It sounds crazy. I know so many of you might be like, "Dude, you know." But we sing it every Sunday. I wanna sit at your feet, wanna drink from the cup in your hands. Just lay back against you and breathe. Feel your heartbeat. Your love is so sweet. It's more than I can stand. I melt in your peace. It's overwhelming. It's just that. You know, and then there he told me I had to come back and that I had to preach. And I argued with him. I said, no, look at all the people here that you could send. I want to stay here with you. He said, no, now is that you're going to preach. I'm like, but they're not going to want to listen. He says, they will because I'm sending you now. Years ago I wanted to preach because I got saved and I went to church. And this is what Christians do. And then, when he, I, then I encountered him. I want to stay with him. And he's like, no, girl, go. No, he literally had to push me down. When he told me to look at him, I said, no, I'm not going to look at you. When he said, Abraham, earth was over there. Earth was like the moon, the way we look at the moon, I saw earth. And I was at, it was like grass and clouds, you know, and I'm dancing at his feet. He's like, hey, Abraham, because he doesn't call me me Abraham. He calls me Abraham. That's my name. And he says, hey, we got to take you back over there. What do you mean? I made it. He's like, no, no, no. Now you got to preach. What? No, look at all these people here, Lord. You can send any of these. I need to stay here. He's like, no, you got to go. I said, like, but you need me here. He's like, why do you think I need you here? I said, like, you need my praise. He goes, but everybody here praises me. I need you to go. I said, like, no, no, I need to stay here. I can't believe you're leaving me, letting me go back. You ever drop your kid off at nursery or daycare, and they're crying because, mommy, don't leave me? Yeah, it was the same exact scenario, but the giant Jesus, and then he said, Abraham, look at me, and I said, no, you think I don't know you? I know you, and you want me to look at you, because if I look into your eyes, you'll convince me to go, and he started to laugh, and he picked me up in the palm of his hand, he took me to the resting place, because I looked over the palm of his hand, and um, I saw the green pastures in the still waters, and I was like, oh, my God, I know that place, that's Psalm 23. It's not called Psalm 23. We call it Psalm 23. But it's the green pastures and still waters. And he left. He goes, this is where I brought my servant David. I was like, no way. (laughs) And then he laid me down on the green pastures. And I laid there. But guess what I did? I looked into his eyes. And I got captivated in his eyes. And I said, Lord, your eyes are so beautiful. His eyes are burning blue flames of fire. And I said, your eyes are beautiful. You love us so much. Your eyes burn with so much intensity for us. And as I was saying those words. He put his finger on my chest and pushed me down. And I slowly landed back on my couch. I saw my roof closing up. I'm jumping on my sofa. Please don't do this to me. And then I was gone. And then I was crying in my house for days because how do you live after you have that experience? A lot of people want to see the glory, but when you experience the glory, you want to die because you don't want to be here. Like this is unreal sometimes. I'm like, brother. You made me a pastor. I gotta go through all this stuff. He's like, "Oh, you got this. I'm teaching you to be patient." But I'm just showing you these. And then the one with the throne and the fire, real quick. Oh, and this is when I was standing on the word: "The heavens and the earth shall pass away, but the earth, the word of God, will remain forever." And this is literally like when we were singing earlier the worship songs. This is literally how I see it, and I see all of us there. I know it's hard to picture it, but the day is coming. The day's coming where your eyes will see clearly. Every single one of us is gonna fall out for a while, a few decades or eons, like no way. God is real. God is real. God is real, he will change your life. Thank you for that. We could take those away. I just wanted to give you a visual so you understand when I'm preaching, understand my perspective. I'm trying to speak to you from a heavenly perspective, from an eternal perspective. And when God is speaking his word, if we, we, don't, we shouldn't read it from earth to heaven. We should read it from heaven to earth. When you worship, you shouldn't worship from earth to heaven. Worship from eternity to earth. Because sometimes you're going to be going through some stuff in life that don't make sense. Sometimes you're going to be going through so much suffering and so much pain that if you try to worship from the pain, you're not going to get anything out. Worship from the ending. Worship for eternity. Be like, mm-mm. You are faithful. Every word that comes out of your mouth in its time and in its season, it shall come to pass. And you called me a royal priesthood. You have called me a holy nation. You have called me a chosen generation a peculiar people. So I'm going to praise you from that place of royalty. You've called me. He didn't call you. He called you from the, he's called you to announce The virtues of the one that brought you from darkness into marvelous light. And now you go back into darkness and say, darkness, I know the light. And I'm bringing the light. Disease, I'm bringing healing. Hopelessness, I'm bringing hope. Brokenness, I'm bringing restoration because I know the one that restores. I know the one that heals. I know the one that redeems. And then all of a sudden, your scenario on earth will change because you're bringing heaven to earth. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we must look at heaven. You must know who you are in eternity before you try to figure it out on earth. You must know. And God's what God was trying to tell you. Let me show you who you are. And you're going to see everything change. There's a whirlwind of glory around you. Your whole life is going to change. In a few years, you'll be right here. Not necessarily here i 'm not talking about this building or this mic or even this people you 'll look back through your history and you 'll see where God placed you and you 're going to see people love and admire what God is doing right now in your life. people are going to get people are going to come together to hear what you have to say and i 'm speaking from eternity you 'll see and there is a word that God gave me, and I know on earth it sounds, it's going to sound like a strong title, but I want you to hear with the ears of the Spirit. Let him he, let him who has ears hear what the Spirit of God is saying. So even now I would just take control of the atmosphere and every word of doubt, every word of insecurity, every word of confusion and brokenness that's working right here right now, I cancel it in the name of Jesus. And I speak peace into your situation. I speak peace into your pain. I speak joy and glory into your family and friends so you don't worry about nothing but the presence of God in this moment and just lift up your hands and say God speak to me just speak to me God speak to my heart he is the author and the finisher of your faith and the good work he began in you he says I am faithful to complete it I'm gonna do it because it's the type of God that I am amen and the word he gave me for you guys is kill apathy with intentionality God wants you to kill. God's not going to kill apathy for you. God wants you to take charge because you are a queen. You have authority. You have purpose. And God says, take charge. You have been given authority. No longer you live, but Christ lives in you. The living God, the creator of all things, the one that spoke a word and everything became lives inside of you. And the enemy's telling you that you're weak. The enemy's telling you just give up, run away, leave your church. Your talent is not good enough. Don't sing your song. I said, sing your song because you don't realize this. You are growing. Your worship team has developed in such a beautiful way. And the last, since I last been here, I'm telling you, I was drunk in the spirit here. And if there's something that I know, I'm not saying this to make you feel good. If there's something that I know is the presence of God. And I'm telling you, the presence of God is in this room. It's a slow grow, but that's the only growing God. God does, in heaven, there are no microwaves, and there's no drive-thrus. There is a slow grow, and slow grow is good. There is a growth in this room. There's a growth in your worship. There's a growth in your sound. I see freedom like I've never seen you in freedom. And you're going to go deeper into that freedom. So stay encouraged and kill apathy with intentionality. And what is apathy? Apathy is the absence or suppression of passion, emotion, or excitement. And the enemy has been trying to take your joy away. But the the enemy didn't give you your joy. Your enemy can't take it away. This joy that I got. The world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it to me. The devil didn't give it to me. Not even church gave it to me. The Lord gave me this joy. And since the Lord gave me this joy, the world can't take it away. People can't take it away. Tribulations can't take it away. Persecution can't take it away. Because this joy comes from the Lord. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. Say it with me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So why you think the enemy's after your joy? Because when you lose your joy, you, you lose your strength. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, you become apathetic. No longer you have hope. God is calling us back to our first love. You know, when you felt the power of God for the very first time. Uh-huh. Who remembers when they first got saved? Who remembers when they felt the Holy Ghost for the first time? Who remembers when they spoke in tongues? Maybe you didn't go, all the different languages. All you said was, But remember how happy you were with your ba 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 And the enemy is trying to take that away. The enemy is coming into your relationship. Even years later, he's trying to destroy your marriage. Don't let the enemy, don't let apathy destroy your marriage. Stir it up in you. Stir up your most holy faith. We are warriors of the kingdom of heaven. We are not defeated. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Amen? He's trying to take, he's trying to suppress your passion, your emotion, your excitement for the Lord. And God's saying, stir it up, my people. Yeah, the earth is shaking. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of things. Don't pay attention to that. Lift your eyes up to the hills, for that is where your help comes from. Your help comes from the Lord, creator of heaven and earth. Who is this one that's coming to me? You know how the Lord comes to you? Leaping and dancing. Read the book of Song of Solomon. Who is this? Coming, leaping, and dancing for you. He says, listen. That's what the bride says. Listen. I hear my lover's voice. Listen. I know it's him coming to me, dancing over hills and mountains. The Lord is excited. We think he's coming as an enemy, as a wrathful king. No. He's coming as the lover of your soul, he's the one that loves your soul. Has anybody ever told you I love your soul? Not even your mama, <laughs> only the Lord. Nobody thinks that deep, but the Lord's like, mm, I love your soul. That's who he is. I'm tell- I get lost in his gaze. I'm in love with a man, his name is Jesus. I'm telling you, you got to keep me on track because I, I, will, I will talk for five hours straight about Jesus, right? I promise you. We just had glory soaking on Friday. I went for like, I didn't, I didn't leave church until 2.30 in the morning. And all we did was talk about the king. Because when you fall in love with the king, you will read scripture and be like, was that there the whole time? I keep reading the Bible. I'm like, I was raised in church. I don't remember this. This is beauty now. He literally took the veil of religion off my eyes. You could read forever. Tell me, have you, ever re- have you ever seen the movie um, Never-Ending Story? Mm-hmm. You know how the kid went through the book? Yeah, read the Bible. But fall in love. If you read the Bible with your mind and your theologies and your philosophy, you'll find laws galore. But if you were to read it in love and in joy and in peace and gentleness and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control, you'd be like, where am I right now? I close the door to my room and be like, leave me alone. <laughs> And then I I get lost. I have to draw it because I experience his glory. And that's what he chose me to do. He said, you're going to draw. Really? I thought God was going to be like, you'll be a prophet to the nations. He says, you will draw. I'm like, I don't even know how to draw. He's like, I'm going to teach you. I'm like, really? I didn't even understand when in 2011 God said you're going to draw. But now I do because now I see the colors. Now I understand the process of God as an artist. Because a canvas is not a canvas. A beautiful painting is not a painting in one moment. It takes time. It takes detail. It takes structure. It takes letting it go. So in the moments you feel God lets you go, be still and know that he's God. The good work he started in you, he's faithful to complete it. Give him a break because he's taking a step because he's looking at the picture. He's like, okay, let me come back and let me finish these details. Let him take a step. Don't be afraid. Your family not going to get lost because you didn't save your family. God saved your family. You didn't make up your family. God made up your family. And God's going to handle your family. You just be still and know that God is faithful. He's going to do what he said he's going to do. Let the story come let the trials come the bible says let the oceans get over let the mountains melt like wax but you have trusted in the lord and you and your house you will serve the lord the earth can shake the wind can blow the fire can burn but you and your house will stand in the name of jesus the good work he started in you he is faithful to complete it we gotta kill apathy Apathy is the lack of interest in our concern for things that others find moving or exciting. Kill it. I know maybe I'm talking too crazy. But don't kill it. Kill your apathy. and Be like, you know what? I want some fire. I want the presence of God. I'm tired of these systems that don't work. I need glory in my life. I need, if my church don't give me glory, I'm locking myself in my house. What you think I've been doing lately? I'm locking myself up in my room. I said, Lord, you promised glory. I want glory. I don't want nothing else but glory upon the face of the earth. For the word of the Lord says that the knowledge of the glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Not the glory of God, guys. It doesn't say the glory of God. The whole earth is already right now full of the glory of God. It is humanity that is walking around with blinders. And God is removing the scales of the eyes. God is removing the blinders so people can see, oh, my God, look. The glory of God was here this whole time. Yes, yes, yes. People are waking up because God gave a word. The whole earth belongs to God and everything in it belongs to God. The devil gets nothing he's lying to you. The devil doesn't get your kids. The devil doesn't get your friends. The devil doesn't get your family. As a matter of fact, the devil doesn't even get your enemies. The devil does not get your molester. The devil doesn't get your backstabber, the traitor. No, God's going to use you to save your molester, to save your backstabber. The people that betray you, God's raising you up to heal them in the name of Jesus. This is the God that I know. This is the God that I've encountered. And I know he's real. And I know one thing. He is mighty to save. It sounds like a sermon, but let me tell you something. I am standing here not as a prophet. I am standing here as a witness. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is salvation to whosoever believes. Listen. Believe. Even when you don't got strength, believe. Don't believe in yourself. Believe in him. Believe in him. When chaos breaks out, I still believe in you, God. Even with my last breath, I believe in you. Okay, my mom has been sick since 2014. My mom went through cancer. She's gone through every single side effect. There's been moments it looks like she's dying. And as the Lord says, lay hands on her and declare life. And i go to the room. She looks at me like, you're crazy. I was like, you made me crazy. Let's go. (laughs) She's still hanging on. He says, keep Declaring life. So many people are losing their parents. I'm still grabbing onto her. In the name of Jesus, you will not die, you will live, and you will give an account of the glory of God. Listen to me, you will give an account of the glory of God. And she's still going. And I know one day is going to come where she has to fly away into glory, but it's not now. When it comes, He's preparing my heart. But meanwhile, come on. Meanwhile, we fight. Meanwhile, we decree and declare what God is decreeing and declare. We don't make up words. We declare the word. The word's already been spoken. Learn the power in the word. i like, he said. Hello? He said. I ain't going nowhere because he said. It don't make sense to you, but he said. Apathy is the state of not caring. The word, is a, the word apathy is especially used to refer to a lack of interest or concern about things. And only you know where you've been apathetic. Only you know where you've just been like, and let's just do it. Let's just go to church. I'll just sit there. Let me tell you something. Your pastors need you. We are a body. We are a body, and your leaders need you. You all have gifts that God has placed in you that are so valuable. They are so important, and you might just feel like, My gift is not good enough. The devil is a liar. God wouldn't give you a gift that is useless. God has given you a gift that is important and is valuable before him. And your church needs it. Your family needs it. I'm telling you, we need to build each other up in our most holy faith. We lift up each other's arms. Moses saw the glory. He still needed somebody to lift up his hands. Even the man of God that has seen the most beautiful thing, even the man of God that goes to the mountaintop and talks to God face-to-face has to still come back to earth. And let me tell you, those ones that you think are very powerful are usually the weakest ones. God only uses the foolish to confine the wise. God uses the weak to confine the strong. I'm telling you. So sometimes we get so impressed with these ministers. Pray for the ministers. Intercede for the ministers. Because you think you're going through a lot. They're going through Your stuff and everybody else's stuff plus their stuff. So we should be. You're maybe an intercessor. Maybe you cook. Maybe you clean. Maybe you just give hugs. Maybe you smile. It's important. A word of encouragement. Maybe just write little love notes. Then write your little love notes. Let God use you in the most ridiculous way that it doesn't even make sense. Though the person will look at you and be like, you have no idea. You came at the right time. Has that ever happened to anybody in this room where somebody just randomly sent you a message, a text, gave you a little note, gave you a little gift, just smiled at you, and be like, hey, you're beautiful. Has any, anybody ever, you matter, you're important, and apathy is trying to crush you. Your intentionality will stir you. Apathy can also mean the absence or suppression of emotion or passion. Apathy is more often used in the context of someone's lack of action. When action is needed. Where have you seen a need? And you just like, anybody somebody else could do it. That's apathy. If you feel see a hungry person, well, the next person will feed them. Apathy. Give them a hug. Ah, somebody'll hug them. Apathy. It is. You've become so lukewarm in your walk with God and you don't even know it. And God is calling us back to our first love when, when you're so excited, when, when you, just, you just need to help. You just need to put your hand somewhere. Come on. That's what God needs from us. Synonyms for apathy is insensitive, coldness, detachment. Are you just coming? But you'll be in the back. I used to be active. I used to work. I used to move, but eh, not no more. You know that what you were doing, you were not doing for man. You were doing for God. And God's calling you because you're needed. You're important. And the enemy's telling you, walk away, give up. Why would the enemy tell you to give up and give away? Get away. Give up. Surrender. Why would the enemy tell you that? Will God ever tell you to surrender? Will God tell you to run away like a coward? No, no. God God is powerful. God will make you stand when everybody else bows down. To worship false idols. We have false idols. And let me tell you something. Idols are falling. God has been bringing us shaking. Idols are falling. If your pastor is an idol, he's going to fall. If your church has become an idol, it's going to fall. If your tradition, your religion, your systems, your marriage, anything that becomes an idol before God, it has to fall. And let it fall in the name of Jesus. Anything that is trying to exalt itself above the Lord, let it crumble. Let it crumble. And then let God make it rise. God will make it arise in glory, in holiness, in purity, in beauty. But what is intentionality? Please, uh, Eric, tell me about time because you know me. I got lost. Even though I think I'm going pretty fast. I'm like, I'm pretty much at the end. Maybe. <laughs> what is intentionality? Intentionality is the fact or quality of Something being done on purpose and with intent. Some people come to church. They want to look for God. But they're like, God, what is my purpose, right? What is my purpose? What was I created for? What's my purpose? What's my purpose? Let me tell you your purpose real quick. Your purpose is to live on purpose. Be purposeful. I'm not going to wait for somebody to tell me what to do. I feel something in my heart. I'm about to go do it. For years... Check this out. For years, way back in New Jersey, I would get frustrated because I was in church, and I was like, Lord, this church, they're not evangelizing. We need to go. I used to tell my pastor, I need to evangelize. He's like, don't go to the streets. My old pastor was like, don't go to the streets. You might catch something. My pastor told me that. Jesus, help me right now. (laughs) Like, I was like, what? But I thought the Bible says that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Well, but the Bible says you must subject to your pastor, submit to your pastors. I was like, but the Bible says that it's better to obey God than to obey man. So what do we do? Right? And it sounds conflicting. It's like, well, you're a rebel, Abraham. You're a rebel. I was like, but I hear the Lord calling me. Pastor, I keep having dreams that you're preaching in the dark. Why are you preaching in the dark? Why are my dreams showing that you're I will come to church in my dream. Everybody was just sitting there, and the, all the lights in church were off, and he was preaching in darkness. And then the door of the church will open up in the back, and the voice of God will come in like a light says, come out from amongst them. So I would tell that to my pastor. I don't understand what this means, and it will make them nervous. But God was already showing me some stuff. But he wasn't calling them out. He was calling me out. Lord, why nobody wants to breathe. Nobody wants to feed the hungry. Nobody wants to do it. And for years I went frustrated. Well, I'm not going to do it because nobody else wants to do it. And then the Lord spoke to me. He said, Abraham, this is the problem. I didn't call them to do it. I spoke you to do it. I told you to feed the hungry and you, they haven't been disobedient because I didn't give them a command. I gave you a command. You heard my voice. They just read it in the book. You heard my voice. And you've been the one disobedient. <laughs> Something God will shock you. Because we've been trained in church to look at everybody else's sin. But we don't want to look at our own sin. No, no, no. You got to come to God like David did. Lord, here's my heart. Lord, break down my heart. Lord, check out my heart. Tell me about me. I know I see their business. not. But I need you to tell me about me. Because they got to give God an account for their heart, but you got to give God an account for your heart. So, yeah, Lord, check my heart. I don't want to look to the right. I don't want to look to the left. I need you to check out my heart. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep bowing down because I'm fallible just like they are. So I need your glory. I need your might. I need your transformation power. I need your presence, God. And then God starts doing something. And then God started taking me to the streets. I started walking into bars. Everybody, you're crazy. What do you mean you're walking into a gay pride parade? I was like, the Lord told me. You know that when the Lord tells you, you better do it? I mean, it's not like, you better do it. I mean, you have to do it. I mean, if you heard God, like, I mean, you must be so disobedient. Like, if you heard God, it just starts, when you hear God, it starts burning in you. You're like, oh, my God. When I heard God, I was in my room in March 17, 2007, and I was crying in my room because my church didn't want to hear my testimony, and Jesus comes into my room, smacks me on the shoulder. He said, hey, get up from there. I was like, Jesus, you're in my room? <laughs> He's like, you must realize something. When the same sword that Goliath was going to kill David, David cut off Goliath's head. And he said, and the sword is a symbol of words. Take the s a beginning of sword and put it at the end. And it spelled words. I was like, whoa, Sesame Street, right there, right? He uses, he uses riddles like, oh, my God, he will blow your mind away. And he goes, and with the same words that Satan is trying to kill you, you're going to get up in his territory, and you're going to cut off his false authority over your life. Get up because you're going to a lesbian bar. I get up. My father's like, what are you going? I'm going to a lesbian bar. He thought I was going to go party or something. He didn't understand what God told me. And I was mad at him, but the Lord's like, did I tell him to go? Did I tell you to go? Did I reveal it to him? Did I reveal it to you? I was like, Yeah, so say, sorry, I got mad at my father. But the reality is that God's gonna give you a vision and God's gonna give you a dream, and nobody else, including myself, might understand what God called you to do. Because you were the one that had the conversation with God. And when God gives you a command, you must go. Just go because God's about to show off. And that night, because I was obedient, I walked right to the front of the club. A girl in the line was the one like, that man's shining. Everybody else was like, what is she talking about? I'm like, she's the one. Nobody else sees the light. This is the girl. And that girl became a minister, right? And all those years later, all the way south, to South, south, south Florida, with this girl, we have partnered, we've gone out into the streets, we've gone out to gay pride events, not to promote homosexuality, to promote Jesus, Amen. to bring the light into the midst of the darkness. Because what he did for me, he's going to do for them. And what God did for you, God's trying to do through you now. And God is trying to take you to a people. God is trying to take you to an ancient. God is trying to take you somewhere you've never thought about. But you're going to have to be intentional about it. I'm going to be intentional about the promise of God. I'm going to be intentional about the purpose of God. If God said it, I'm going to do it. Where God, God, he will provide. He will make a way where there is no way. These people of Israel stood before the Red Sea. You want to talk about a test of faith? Like run for your life. Run where? The enemy's behind us and we're about to drown. We either die by them stomping on us or we're about to drown. That's what they saw. And yet God's like, The the staff is authority. Stand on my authority. Stand on my word. Stand on my command. And now there's a way. And the very things in my life seemed like there was no way before. Today there's a way. I was in 2007. I was just some kid trying to go up to people like, hi, uh, Jesus loves you. And yet today I'm recognized as a powerful evangelist. Now people are like, oh, my God, can you, like, teach us? I'm like, uh, listen to his voice and go. <laughs> really, that's it. But God told me, I'm gonna teach you how to preach. I'm gonna give you experience. I, you, 2002. God told me, I'm gonna teach you my word. I'll teach you how to speak my word. I'm never speak like those guys. I don't. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I speak the way He called me to speak. And he gave me my own encounters, my own stories, and he's going to give you your own encounters. As a matter of fact, this room right now is full of testimonies. You just got to be intentional about your story. Be intentional about about giving glory. Amen? And in 2 Corinthians, I'm pretty much done. Am I past my time? Am I good? Oh, God. One day to God is like a 1,000 years, so I got like 600 years right now of lit word to release. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. And when people hear this, they always hear this about um, money. I don't want you to hear this about money. I want you to think about whatever you have. There is, the Bible says that in these earthen vessels, there is a great treasure. Inside of every single person in this room, there is a great treasure. You might not even think it's a treasure. You might not even know what it is yet. But there is something in you. Because I know we use this about giving. But we must always remember that the word of God is spirit first. It's spirit first. There's something in the spirit that God is trying to reveal to us. And then in the natural realm, we can manifest it in different ways. We can manifest it through giving. But don't think of giving just through money. Don't think of giving just money, please. Money's good, money pays bills. But your hug, your smile, the words and the encouragement that you bring change lives. Just taking time with an individual will change somebody's life forever. And maybe you don't end up in the stadium, but the person you loved ends up in the stadium. That still goes under your account in heaven. It does. If you minister to one person, that person becomes a, a, a world-packing stadium person <laughs> preaching everywhere. They will always know that it was you that loved them. You believed in them. The same way the Lord believed in you, you believed in somebody else. It will change your life. And that's why people think I'm a good evangelist. I, I don't never consider myself to being a good evangelist. I just know that Jesus loves me. I know where he met me, and i had have to go back. People are like, well, how do you go in there? I'm like, uh, that's where I was at. And Jesus went in there for me. Like, duh, let's go. It's like a burning building. and People are dying in that burning building. You're not going to run in and help somebody? I'm going to go in. I'm going to go in. If I perish, I perish. If I perish, I perish. But I'm not going to perish. Not when the Lord said, hey, you're ready. Go. Go. Run. I'm not saying just get up and go do something because I'm doing it. No. Listen to me. Go talk to God and wait on the Lord. And wait until the Lord says, You're ready, daughter. You're ready, son. Go into that prison. Go into that house. Go into that neighborhood. Go into that Walmart. Go down the street. Go into Ebor or go into that church. The churches need to get evangelized. Church people need to get saved. So, some church people are so stuck in their religion that they think it's their religion, they think it's their church or their system or their knowledge that saves them and have forgotten that it was Jesus that has saved them. And some of us are going to be evangelists into some churches. To remind the church, come back to your first love. Come back to your first love. So it says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So why would you give a little if you only get a little back? But if you give a lot, you get a lot back. And a lot of people think about money. Yeah, believer believes it has to do with money too. You could give your money. But you have treasures. You have talents. You have giftings of the Holy Spirit. Maybe God gave you the gift of wisdom. And you've been sitting there all these years just keeping it to yourself. And maybe it's time that you write a book. Maybe it's time you create a podcast and start giving out what God has given you. And watch it increase. Watch it multiply. Maybe God gave you the gift of love. And you're just good at loving people but you've been keeping it to yourself. Maybe you're not going to be a preacher on a pulpit, but maybe you'll be that mama in your couch giving girls tea and loving them. There's so many ways to go about the gospel. Maybe you make the cupcakes. I always love her with the cupcakes. God gave me that revelation with her. But maybe the cupcakes. Maybe you just know how to make cupcakes. And what am I going to do with cupcakes? You could do so much with Cupcakes. You could go to a nursing home with cupcakes. You could go to hospitals. There's children in foster care systems that don't have a mom that maybe they just need a cupcake for their birthday. You could make a list of people's birthdays and every day show up at a different house and give somebody a cupcake. You don't think that will transform somebody's life? Why did you bring me a cupcake? Because I just need to tell you how much Jesus loves you. You are his poetry. You are his melody. You are his song. And there is a hope in your life. You think that person will ever forget? Maybe you could take cup- cupcakes to prostitutes or addicts in the streets. There's so much you could do with cupcakes. You could much, so much you could do with songs. So much you could do with your poetry, with your wisdom, with the knowledge, with the teaching, with the what is it that you do? What is it that you love? So much you could do with your dancing. Some people need to learn how to dance. Moving church, come on, shake it! Shake it till you make it. <laughs> Don't fake it. Shake it. <laughs> you know? Come on. We need to just be released in the name of Jesus. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Be intentional with your giving. Today I wake up. Today I'm going to bless somebody. There's days I wake up, I'm going to be I'm going to fee five homeless people today. I get in my car and I go looking for homeless people. Not to bring them to church. To bring them to Jesus. I see them, and it breaks my heart. I have to pull over because I was also hungry, because I was also naked, because I was also forgotten, and Jesus pulled over for me. He pulled over. He came from the glory right into my house, January 7, 2011, and took me on a tour. I'm like, I'm forever yours. (laughs) I'm so glad he sent me back to earth. (laughs) I was mad then, but I'm glad now. I wouldn't have met you guys. I'm excited because I have brothers and sisters. You don't understand how we're gonna party in heaven, right? Like we're gonna party, like. So, check this out. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. Neither extremes. He's talking about balance. He's talking about balance. He's not. A lot of people. Well, I'm gonna give because then God's gonna give me. Nope, wrong heart. Well, I don't feel like giving. Wrong heart. He loves a cheerful giver. Even when God says, hey, go hug that lady. Go give her a hug. Just give her a hug. Who doesn't need a hug? Oh, my God, people need hugs. If God tells you, you're walking in the mall, and God says, hug that total stranger, be like, excuse me. Just do this. I know it's weird, but I just heard God, and God told me to give you a hug. People are like, what? They get shocked. I just heard God. I'm sorry, I know this is weird. But I just heard, God, you walk by me, and I heard God, and God says this. Bo-bo-bo. Oh, my God, that's exactly what I needed to hear. I was like, I know it's so weird, right? They're like, yeah, it's weird, but it's wonderful. I, I recognize the weirdness first. I'm like, I know, weird, totally weird. But look at this. Not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you Always having all sufficiency in all things. You see, it's not all money, it's all things in everything. God wants to make you overflow in all things. May have an abundance for every good work. For every good work, you get abundance. For every hug, for every smile, for every prophetic word, for every encouragement, for every prayer, there is abundance. God is giving you more. Be faithful with it. He has dispersed abroad. He has, given to the, he has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. And I pray that over your life. Every seed. Financial. Time. Talent. Talent. Treasure, prayers, words of encouragement, every good work you've done for the Lord, he's going to multiply it in the name of Jesus. Don't Don't go weary in your patience. Don't go weary in your waiting. Know that those that wait upon the Lord will mount up on wings of eagles. Keep doing the good work. Keep there, even if everybody else gives up, keep helping your pastor, keep giving financially, keep supporting, keep ministering, keep, if, if everybody shuts up, I promise you I'm going to keep shouting. I made up my mind, because I've seen something that not too many people have seen. I'm like, this is going to pass away, but what I've seen, I know is eternal. I'm going to be back at his feet. What? And I'm bringing you along with me and be like, "Come on, it's your turn." <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> what? What when we get to heaven, it's going to be that y'all are going to be laughing. All of you are going to be ridiculously falling on the clouds laughing. And i will be like, "Come on, your turn now." You think I'm playing? I'm not playing. I'm very serious about this. I have a smile on my face, but I am living serious, not dead serious. I am living serious that one day we will sit at his feet, that we will sing songs unto forevermore, and that nothing and no one will ever separate us again, that he will wipe all our tears away, and that we will rejoice, and every single one of us will shout from the tops of our lungs, it was worth it, all the pain, all the suffering, it was worth it. For the current sufferings do not compare to this coming glory. Amen? May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord shine his face upon you. May the Lord give you peace. Amen? Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Blessing Place Wesley Chapel. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at our gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.